Hey, family, it's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you out to another Daily Play with yours truly. And today we're going to be talking about something very important. We're going to be talking about how to stop negative thinking. So if you're watching this later, because everyone who's watching live is on their way in right now. But if you're watching me later, whether on YouTube or listen later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Spotify, I want to say thank you all so much for watching and for listening. I kind of honor that you are subscribed to my channel and that you're a part of my community here online. And I hope that what I continue to offer will benefit you. But for those who's watching me live right now, do me a big favor. Come in and like the video. Let me know where you watch it from. I would love to see where this video has gained traction towards. And I'm excited about today's lesson because today's lesson is very important for a lot of people because a lot of people struggle up here. But your mind is a muscle. God gave you a mind for a reason. He did not create your mind to have you. He created you to have a mind. So let's get right into my points. And uh, just want to say thank you all for joining me. Let me get my notes up real quick. All right, let's get right into it. All right, how to stop negative thinking. It is very important for us as believers to understand the power of the mind. And all of us as believers should endeavor to have the Christ mind. And so my main thought for today's video was this. Thoughts may come unaware but thinking is a choice. Thoughts may come unaware, but thinking is a choice. The problem for a lot of people when it comes to negative thinking is this. Many people have no control over their minds. Their minds are connected to mind control centers instead of Christ. Their minds have no structure. Again, the problem when it comes to negative thinking is that many people have no control over their minds. Their minds are connected to mind control centers instead of Christ. Their minds have no structure. It's very important that we understand the power of our mind and how Christ wants us to think. That right now through Christ's spirit, we are able to think as if he would think in this present moment. There's no need for us to entertain any thoughts that are not set in high places. There's no need for us as believers to entertain ways of thinking that's going to cause us to sink in life. And many people are completely unaware of, of how much control through the spirit of God they have over their mind. It says the problem. Many people have no control over their minds. Their minds are connected to mind control centers instead of Christ. If you don't choose to think, someone or something else will choose to think for you. That's why it's pivotal for you to say, Holy Spirit, poise my mind, strengthen my mind, help me to think like you would think so that I won't become so confused or tossed to and fro or allowing different demonic and satanic influences to control the way I think. Right now, you either thinking for yourself or something else is thinking for you. Their minds have no structure or security. It's very important for us to have structure of mind that make sure that we have um, security over our ear gate and our eye gate, ensuring that nothing gains access to our mind. Let's keep going to some more points. Let's go to our next points here. Next slide. Let's talk about some things real quick. I have one, two, three, four, five things that I want to cover today that's going to really help us really understand the mind. But before we get into anything else, let's talk about the mind. Your mind is soil. And a question I have for you is how protected is your mind? Your mind is soil. How protected is your mind? See, we have to understand that our minds, our soul are rich soil. 
that everything in this world right now is endeavoring to plant seed in your mind. Because whoever can plant the most seed in the real estate or the land of a person's mind will determine how much of that person's life they control. Right now, um, uh, right now we are living in a world where there are many sowers. Uh, Christ is a sower. Satan is a sower. Um, uh, and all the uh, subsidiary influences up under each are sowing seed. Let's get to a scripture real quick and let's really break down the word of God and really see what he has to say to us in regards to see. We're going to go to Mark chapter four because it's very important. We understand this text, man. This text is so dense and I wasn't going, I wasn't planning on getting into it right away, but let's get right into the parable of the sower. The Bible says, again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea and the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower, behold, a sower sows, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depths of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up increasingly and yielding 30 fold and 60 fold and 100 fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's look at the breakdown. And when he was alone, those around him, notice he was with the crowd before, now he's with his disciples. When he was with the 12, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been giving the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word, key word, the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root <clears throat> in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruits, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Let's break this down. Let's scroll up and break it down. It's very important we understand what this text is saying. I have a lot of points that contributes to this parable. And when we first we want to take a look at, uh, let's get to my notes here, and we'll we'll break these things down real quickly. Give me one second. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we're going to talk about the mind. We saw in the text that the mind is soil. The mind is the soil. The heart is the soil. It is very pivotal that you as a person allow the Holy Spirit to toil your heart. Because as you notice in the parable, there are a lot of people 
a lot of people with different kinds of soils. There are a lot of people whose hearts are hardened. There's so many people whose hearts have stones in them. There's some people whose hearts have thorns and there are other people whose hearts have been fully toiled by the farmer, the spirit of God, so that when the seed is planted, it receives it. But most of us don't understand the depths of the mind. Therefore, we allow negative thinking to run rampant. See, your mind is soil. And the question is, how protected is your mind? You have to understand that you have two passageways, two highways to your mind. One highway is your ears. The other highway is your eyes. And if you allow any and everything without no security and no checkpoints in those different passageways, they will come through your ears down into your heart, come through your eyes down to your heart and plant itself in your heart. And people wonder why they, they, negative thinking runs rampant is because many people are not taking responsibility on what they allow in their mind. And my question to you is, what are you allowing in your mind? See, we as believers should allow the Holy Spirit to be the gatekeepers of our eyes and ears, that we should endeavor to live so simply that not everything is able to get into our lives. That's what we talked about last week, how the devil will throw anything as high as he can against the knowledge of God. And if all you know about God is on this level, he'll throw to this level to the point to where you will begin to entertain his deceitfulness, causing yourself to be sunken into a level of, of a selfish ambition, a levels of pride, levels of ego, levels levels of deceit and depression to the point to where as you navigate life, you will find yourself even more confused because you're entertaining. Listen, thoughts come unaware, my friend. Yes, thoughts are going to come in your mind. Yes, you're going to be um, a different things going to be sent in your life through many directions. But thinking is a choice. The sin is not the thought being within. The sin is when we choose to think on something contrary to the time that we could have had to make sure that we know the word for ourselves and know the word of God to such a degree that we can shoot down every demonic deception. What did Christ do in the wilderness? What did he do? He didn't use his pastor's or lead pastor's opinions. He didn't use anything else but the word of God. He didn't use his feelings. He didn't use somebody else's opinion. He didn't use what he learned from Joseph and his mom. The only thing he used to overcome demonic influence was the word of God. My question to you is for every struggle that you're facing right now, do you know five scriptures against it? See, we have divine power. There's a scripture I want to read. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6, let's read this real quickly. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. A lot of people get stuck there. They get stuck in a place where they think they can defeat spiritual entities through natural means. You can't defeat a devil through natural means. You can't throw these hands at no devil. You have to understand who you're warring against and not being ignorant of his devices. So even though we're walking in the flesh, in flesh and blood, we got to make sure that we understand that we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Every weapon we have through Christ is divine. It's the only weaponry that we have. And we learn about this when the whole armor of God, where the word of God says that the only weapon we had is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So if you don't understand the word of God, how would you be able to fight? And so many people are entertaining thoughts that are so far beneath them that they fall to that place. But when the word of God says, set your mind, that's what your mindset is. Wherever your mind is set, that's where your life will follow. So the Bible always alludes or has us points 
ourselves to things higher so that we can be above all type of satanic frequencies that's going to cause us to be so damaged inwardly, caught up, so caught up in worldly carnal affairs, causing us to be negative in our mind that we sink into the into the frequencies of the enemy and we become bombarded and then we lose. It says for the weapons of our warfare, warfare right now, you on one side of the one side of the spectrum. You either in the army of God, you in the army of Satan. And that's why I tell people every time you do anything on behalf of God, that's a war act. That's an act against the demons uh, kingdom. Therefore, the best way to get you off of them is to attack your mind. Because if I can attack your mind, I can cause you to fall back in line. I can cause you to fall back in line in your flesh. I can cause you to fall back in line to demonic cycles. I can cause you to fall back into generational curse that was passed down by your forefathers, etc. But when we understand who we are in Christ and the weaponry we have in regards to how we can pull down these strongholds, we will become effective. Each and every one of us, if not careful, are either we either have a stronghold or a stronghold is being developed. See, stronghold is any area in a person's life that they're unable to move past. Uh, what happened to you in 96 can be a stronghold. What happened to you in 2006 can be a stronghold. What happened to you yesterday can be the developing phase of a stronghold. What it means is any area of your life that you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to bring truth to, which then brings freedom, which then brings fruitfulness, will become a stronghold area. That's why you got to make sure you do not allow the opinions of your mom, the opinions of your dad. You can't allow any type of negative opinions or, or thoughts to cause to be seed because thoughts are seed. Thoughts are seeds. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go there. Let's go there. Thoughts are seeds. But before we get there, let's finish the text. It says, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not other flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Number verse five, it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready, being ready, not getting ready, not trying to get ready, but being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Let's break that down. The only way we are able to punish disobedience is until we fall into obedience. When we order our lives, and put our house in order, and we simplify our lives and submit our lives to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we're able to recognize how to punish disobedience. See, it's hard to punish disobedience if you don't know the difference between disobedience and obedience. And the only way you can know the difference is when you know the Father. Fellowshipping has a way of making things very clear for us to perceive and discern between a counterfeit and a counterpart. And if we're not ready um, to fall in line and to obey God and, and to be available, which is the best ability, then how can we punish disobedience? How can we punish the areas in our flesh that leans more towards disobedience? How will we then be able to punish disobedience and, and punish and, and beat the flesh under, to, under uh, Christ's leadership? How will we be able to if we don't have the mindset that says, I want to obey God? And if your mind is not solid, if your mind Mind is not willing to obey Christ, then you're going to always be entertaining negative thoughts. Let's keep going. It says we destroy. We, that is, they didn't say Christ destroyed the spiritual. It is our responsibility through the power that through the Holy Spirit and enables us to destroy every lofty opinion. See that word lofty? Lofty means high. See, 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 God is the most high. But most of us are not high enough in our understanding to be able to fight against every type of demonic onslaught. Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Notice 
Your level of knowledge for God will determine what you're able to take captive. It says raise against knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. If you are not in, in line with the Holy Spirit, if you are not following Christ, how will your thoughts fall in line? How would your thinking fall in line if you are not following in line and obeying Christ? Now, let's get some more points and break down so we can get into the difference between thoughts and thinking and how, how to stop these negative thoughts so that we can walk in the freedom of Christ because how can we win the battles of life if we haven't won the battle of the mind? Let's break down some points. We talked about how the mind is your is the your mind is soil. You have to ask yourself, what kind of soil do you have? From the text that we read, what kind of soil do you have? Do you have a hard-hearted soil? Do you have a soil full of thorns? Is your mind full of stones? Or is your mind cultivated, ready to receive the seed? Let's break down the first soil. The Bible talks about how some, uh, the sower who is Christ, goes out to sow. He's going out to sow salvation, the word of God, salvation, for us to be able to uh, receive the salvation of Christ so that we can bear the fruit of Christ, right? He says some some saw, some seed fell along the path, meaning that these type of seeds fell along hard hearts that many people due to unforgiveness and resentment, due to um, pride, due to all these different elements of the human carnal nature has caused that person's heart to be hardened. The word of God is always being sown. So no matter what, all of our hearts are receiving the word of God. All of us, there's all of us, whether we like it or not, are either accepting the gospel or rejecting the gospel. Those who are accepting of the gospel, the spirit of God has already preceded that gospel message and toiled the heart. That's why for many people, many people where I can't really pinpoint the minute of the hour of the day of the week of the month of the year when they actually got saved. They responded to the saving work of Christ. They responded after days, possibly weeks after the Holy Spirit has been in work. Salvation precedes confession. The Holy Spirit must first come toward the heart. But if your heart is hardened, the word of God says that the seed will fall on the hard ground and the devil, the birds will come and take the seed and he'll take it because think about our world today. Many of us in our world look at social media and how social media made us to the point where we're not able to endure sound doctrine. We are so quick. That's why I do long videos. People will say, coach, do shorter videos or you should do all short videos. My mission and my goal is not to reach the people who are not willing to endure sound doctrine. My goal is to teach people in a way where they are conditioning themselves to be able to sit up under the word, decipher it, understand it, execute it and apply it. But many of us have been conditioned to be, if it's not motivational, if it's not quick, if it's not how I like it, then I can't get with it. But we have to understand that we cannot allow the hardness of our hearts or the shortness of our ability cause the word of God to be taken away. Right now, the Bible also talks about the stones in a person's heart, that they had a little soil, but not depth of soil. See, what happens is this is a person who who is uh, will accept anything, who gets excited easily. And so when the word of God is given, the word of God is planted, but they have a heart of receptiveness. See, a little soil means receptiveness. 
goodness. Soil receives the seed. And so when you have a little bit of soil, right? When you have a little bit of soil, you'll receive it with joy because you have something there. But when it comes to persecution and tribulation and the trials and pain and suffering and, 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 and growth and pruning that comes with the faith, we, they fall away because they don't really, they want the benefits, but they don't want to go through um, the pruning. They want the benefits of, of, of salvation. They want the benefits, but they don't want to go through the requirements. They don't want to go through the pruning. They don't want to go through the stripping. So they have a heart that's full of stones, right? And so they receive it with joy. But when persecution and tribulation and pain and suffering, it comes along and on, on account of the word, they fall away. The other stone or the other type of soil that we talked about in regards to the mind. And these are people uh, with thorns. This Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the life choke the word. So, so many people in their minds, in their mind and heart, in their soulless realm, there's so many thorns there they, 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 to the point to where when it comes to salvation or it comes to between the gospel and it comes to money, if it comes between the gospel and it comes to uh, um, um cares and worry it chokes it but man i, I it's, there's no better place than having a heart that's good soil that's why you gotta allow the holy spirit to prune you so that your soil so that your mind can be receptive so that you're so so that you're able to think clearly and not negative let's get to thoughts real quickly thoughts are seeds we talked about that thoughts are seeds we talked about in our premise and our main thought that thoughts come unaware but thinking is a choice thoughts come unaware thoughts can either come from the divine thoughts can come from deep inside or thoughts can come from the demonic right so either way thoughts can come unaware most people think their thoughts are their thoughts, but it could be that their thoughts could be demonic thoughts or their thoughts can be influenced by the the, uh, the, the, the influential scattering of seed from, from what they see on social media, from what they listen to, from what they watch. That's why you got to be very careful that you don't set yourself up and position yourself to listen and watch everything because everything has an agenda. There are two sowers predominantly. There's God and then there's Satan. They're not equal. Right. But there but Satan's goal is to create the uh, the perverted version of the gospel, the perverted version of, of the ideals of life. And so what happens is he's casting seed. He's casting seed through his system. See, Christ casts his seed through his spirit. Satan casts his seed through his system. His system is designed to make sure that we have a perverted image of manhood, perverted image of womanhood, perverted imagery of life. He wants us to have the perversion because when we have the perversion, we will be caught up with zeal to think that kind of way. And when we think contrary to how God wants us to think, then we are then hit with the counter attack of that. And we start thinking negatively because it, the same one that tempts you into a way of thinking is the same one that tempts you with condemnation for thinking that. Right. So thoughts are seeds. Next point. All seeds have power. Hear me. All seeds have power. You got to respect the seeds of life. Those who respect thoughts guard their minds, all right? So when you know that thoughts are seeds and you know every thought has an agenda, you know that every thought has in it the fruit of its kind. There is not one seed that doesn't have an agenda. And the agenda of the seed is from the agenda of the sower. Therefore, you have to protect your ears and your eyes to make sure that you are not being bombarded 
with all types of thoughts of depression. That's why the knowledge of God has to be paramount in your life. You must know that you're God's daughter and son. You must know that you're valuable. You must know that you're prized by him. You must know that you're beloved by him. If not, you're going to think contrary. No believer should dwell in slow self-esteem. No believer should dwell in insecurities because we're secured in Christ. But if you don't know that about the word of God, then you will think that you're nothing. You will think that you're whatever. And then you start entertaining things from the fruit of that seed. Thoughts are seeds. All seeds have have a sower. There we go. All seeds have a sower and all sowers have a specific agenda. And when you know that, you will say, OK, what is this? What, what kind of seed is this? Who sent this seed? Why was this seed sent? Let's keep going. Let's talk about thinking real quick. Thinking, first point, thinking is a choice, my friend. Thinking is a choice. Thoughts come unaware, but thinking is a choice. How to overcome negative thoughts, you got to understand that thinking is your choice. If you choose to think on insecurity, if you choose to think on doubt, if you choose to think on all these different things that's contrary to the word of God, then you're choosing that agenda. You're saying, hey, I don't believe God loves me enough. I don't believe the value of the cross and the value of Christ's blood is sufficient. I don't believe in the imputed righteousness enough to make me able to stand before God and, and approach his throne boldly. I do not believe that salvation um, from sin and salvation unto God's kingdom is possible. You got to make sure that with your time, you use that time to understand who you are in Christ, to understand who you are and the value you have in him so that you won't entertain these or you won't use your thinking as rain. Next point. Thinking is the rain and sunlight that causes thoughts to grow. So post in the comments box. I want to see some of the what are some negative thoughts? What are some negative thoughts that you feel people entertain the most? And I want to show you as, as people comment, if you're watching this on Facebook and, you, and, and, and you're on the other pages, make sure you get to the dominant screen so I can see your comments. But there's a lot of negative types of thoughts. And so many people, due to them not knowing what Christ says about them and what the word of God says about them, they will start giving thinking energy, thinking rain, thinking sun. Your thinking is the energy that these negative thoughts need. So, so many people, they're giving that energy. That's why you don't, have, you can't give these thoughts time. And we're going to talk about how to stop negative thoughts soon. <clears throat> but thinking is a choice. And every time you choose to think on a seed, on a thought, you're giving that seed life. You're giving that thought life. That's why you got to go to the book of life. You got to go to the word of life so that your spirit can be strengthened so that you're able to say, no, I will not think about this. I will not give this energy. I will not give this time. How many people wasted days, wasted weeks entertaining thoughts that were not of God? How many people have wasted years? How many people have wasted health, have wasted wealth because of what somebody else said about them? And they begin to entertain these thoughts. And because they didn't have no structure and no security, they're not able to block it out. Hey, man, <clears throat> thinking is a choice. We got Whitney here. Whitney says, Thoughts that something bad is always going to happen to me. That's not that's you have what you say. I posted uh, two days ago. You have what you think. If you know that a thousand fall at your left, 10,000 at your right hand, that he's a present help in a time of trouble, that he's near the brokenhearted, that he is to your sufficiency. 
then nothing bad is going to happen to you. But the enemy loves for you to think that things going to bad going to happen to you so that you'll speak that those bad things will happen to you. And when you speak those things bad happening to you and your words have power, you're now giving those devils clearances to make your day bad. So if you always think something bad is happening to you, then you're giving demonic spirits clearance and legal right to make bad things happen for you. That's I re that's why I refuse to say negative things. And it's interesting in our vocabulary, in our language, we have a lot of negative terminologies. Oh, I, this always happens. You're now getting them demons said, your children give me clearance to make this always happen to them. If you continue to think that bad things are always going to happen, they will. You got to say, no, something's good is going to happen to me today. The Bible said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God made this day for me to have a good day, not a bad day. And so many people, they think that way. That, that hey, something bad's going to happen to me. Okay. And you wonder why things happen to you. And you're going to be responsible for those bad things happening because you're giving clearance for those things to happen. You have what you say. And so that's why we got to reverse engineer the way we think so that our words won't match our, those negative thoughts. Because if you entertain negative thoughts, you will have negative words. And if you have negative words, you will have a negative result. Good, good. Thank you. Uh, Jojo says, I daydream about how my boss will be found out and fired. Okay. I wouldn't entertain too much because promotion comes from East or West, man. It don't matter who your boss is and what they're doing. But you don't want to entertain that too much that to the point that you become obsessed with that. Here we go. Aries says, is saying tomorrow is not promised negative? No, the Bible talks about um, if it be thy will. Every time I pray, if it be thy will, you know, and, and what you're saying is, to, is saying tomorrow is not promised negative. If, if you if you believe that. But I believe that I'm only going to leave when it's time to leave. Okay, all the comments coming in now. Let me keep going for time because I'm going 20 minutes and I ain't even got I ain't even got far enough. I'll get back to the comment section, y'all. I will. Th okay, thinking is a choice. Thinking is the rain and sunlight that causes thoughts to grow. Oh man, I got good ones. Here we go. If I ever get married and have my own family, don't worry about that. Don't consume yourself over that strong dove. Don't do that because if if you continue to think about the what if, then you're gonna miss out on what is. So if you keep worrying about where, Josh, I'm getting older. Um, Josh, I don't know if I'll be able to bear a child at this age. You got to understand that who made your womb? God made your womb. Ask Sarah and them. Ask John the Baptist's mom, who was 90 and some years old and had a baby. So what I'm saying, if you continue to think if I'll ever get married, you're giving, you're giving too much space for the enemy to interject doubt, to interject fear, to interject impulsiveness. And then all of a sudden, when you start thinking about that over and over again, if I ever get married and have my own family, then you will begin to say, God, I don't trust your timing. If I don't trust God's timing, then how would I be able to develop for his timing? And if I'm not developed for his timing, then I'm actually delaying my own blessing. Therefore, I'm going to now put myself in the control position and I'm going to go get it. Or the enemy will say, oh, he'll bring a counterfeit that is just as close to God's counterpart for you. He'll bring a counterfeit that, that, that looks like a man of God, that looks like a woman of God. And he'll bring that person to your life. And because of that thought running rampant in your mind, will I ever get married? And will I ever have my own family? You got to trust what you can't control in God's hands. If not, you're going to be tempted to put it in your own hands and then you'll find yourself with a counterfeit full of fits, being upset, having regret, wishing that you would have took it back and trusted God previously. 
So don't consume your mind. If I'll ever get married, be thankful that you're married to Christ and allow that marriage, that union, that bond between you and him develop you and prepare you for the one that he does have for you. Because if you keep thinking about that, then you you spreading out that sentence. Enemy's going to be like, well, God don't have nobody for you. Or maybe you should put it in your own hands, Dove. Maybe you should go out there and look for love. And maybe you should go out there and see if your hand can fit this glove. And the next thing you know, you have something that wasn't even from love, capital L, and you're wondering why things are unbalanced and it's not working. The enemy's ultimate objective is for you to come go against the will of God. His ultimate objective is for you not to trust his timing and to get impulsive and he'll plant negative seeds in your mind and you'll be thinking about that. And when you think about a negative thought, by default, anxiety bills, stress bills, impatience bills, impulsiveness bills, and then you start going out there trying to make it happen for yourself. Strong does always says, will my business prosper? You gotta understand that 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 when you in the will of God, your, your everything that your hands touch will prosper. When you work into the Lord, you'll receive an inheritance. You'll receive fruit. You'll see receive results. Don't worry about if it's prospering. Be thankful that you're prospering. See, when you have these kind of thoughts, you're, you're opening yourself up to worry. But when you already know what the word of God says about what it is that you desire, when you already know that the Bible says they that delight themselves in the Lord, he'll give them desires. Now, when you already know that as a dispositional setting in your mind, then when these thoughts come, you can counteract those thoughts with the word of God. Boom, boom, boom. Shoot them things down. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you, you, your, your frown turns to a smile. And now the joy of the Lord floods your heart. And now you're able to move on. But how many of these thoughts that we have seen take up a lot of days, hours, minutes, weeks from our lives? And then we never use that time to prepare. I know I skipped some. Let me let me scroll up. Um, I'm married, but a lot of the girls I counsel are consumed with they with they being single forever. Something must be wrong with them. Yeah, it's just it's just the culture. Social media opened up the playing field for us to compare. And back in our day, back in my day, but when there was no social media, it was only a small pool of people that we can compare ourselves to. It was bad then, but it's worse now because now every we're comparing our lives behind people behind a screen when you don't even know if they're actually um, we don't even know if they're fabricating the narrative. Only the spirit of God knows the narrative. Only he knows that that person is really what they're posting. Let's keep going. Next point, thoughts about unforgiveness, old memories, and that my ugly past is not forgiving. Everything is forgiven. That's why you don't have to worry about, hey, Miss P, how you doing? Good to see you. That's why you can't worry about uh, whether or not uh, um, if your past is going to come up. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are becoming new. When you understand that, what's up, boss? Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. When you understand that, you will say, man, I'm not going to consume myself and whether or not Christ has forgiven me because he has. When you understand that, you will last and you will let those past situations pass by, knowing that the blood of Christ has forgiven you and that because of his forgiveness, you can go forward. Let's see what other questions we got. That I'm too messed up or too inconsistent for God to love me. Man, listen, there's nothing. The Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. His love is uncomprehensible. See, nothing can separate you from his love. And when you understand that, you will receive his love and let his love do surgery on you. 
Were you able to navigate life without the concerns? If does God love me? You understand you can approach the throne boldly. You can go to God as a son. All those who have kids. I don't have no kids, but I have kids at the school. I serve as kids that, I, that look up to me. I got niece and nephews. But one thing that I realized was the more the more they are aware of my love for them, they'll run up on me. They don't care about personal space. <laughs> them kids run up on me and be like, hey, Mr. Anzi or hey, Uncle Josh. They don't care about personal space because they know love is there. But if they thought that my love for them was perverted or whatever, they would distance themselves from it. So the enemy is after the way you think about God's love. So you'll stay away from his love. You're not too messed up because your mess up is a future message. A message is an aged mess. The thing is, the enemy doesn't want your mess to age. Therefore, you won't have a message. He wants you to stay in your mess or at the age of your mess. So when you continue to uh, uh, get into these thoughts, listen, it don't matter how inconsistent you are. Embrace the consistency of Christ. Am I consistent in everything? No, I'm just glad he is. And when you know the depths of God's love and you'll be like, man, that don't mean that don't mean gives you license to sin. There's something about God's love that says, God, I don't want to do this no more because you're too good. It is not the the Bible says it's the love of God, the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. Man, I got a lot of good ones, y'all. Consistent thoughts about people that have treated me cruelty. You got to forgive them and let them go, my friend. You got to write these thoughts down and get contradictory scriptures that goes against that thought to counsel that thought out. Who cares about how they treated you? It don't matter what they did to you. The Bible says he will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. The Bible says he will make your enemies to be your footstool. He says when your enemies comes against you to consume of your flesh, they will run from you and and be moved away. That's why we got another word of God. That's our only weapon against these negative thoughts. It is the only weapon. If you don't know the word of God for yourself, man, you are done, done, done. That's why you got to get in that word and study it and know it and understand how to use that that weapon so you can shoot these thoughts down immediately. Um, Man, great question. Let's get to my points. Keep going. All right. Now, thought patterns. We talked about, let's get back to notes. Let's do some, some uh, clarity purposes, man. I, I'm, I'm going to have to do a part two. Let me know if you're learning something. We talked about the mind. Your mind is soil. And we talked about there's four kinds of soil. Either there's the hard soil, the soil with stones, the soil with thorns, or the good soil. We talked about, we broke it down, we read from Mark 4. We talked about thoughts are seeds. All seeds have a sower, and all sowers have a specific agenda. So in order for you to know which seed that you or thought you should entertain, you should look at it, sift through it and see where did it come from? Who did it come from? Because if you keep entertaining, you will eat the agenda of that seed. If you know that you are the beloved of God, then you will reap the benefits of that seed. But when you start thinking about insecurities and inadequacies and worrying about tomorrow, worrying about this, then you will produce the agenda of that seed, which was to create genetically modified emotions, which would then cause you to be consumed with depression, fear, worry, which would then bring in disease, which would then bring forth death. All right. The, the mission statement of Satan or hell LLC is to steal, kill and destroy. If I can steal your time by these thoughts and place them in your mind and kill your zeal, kill your joy, kill your hope, kill your belief in God, then I can destroy your purpose. I can destroy your impact, I can destroy your influence. Christ wants us to be um, um, 
full of volume, full of joy, full of peace so that we can navigate this world uh, 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 doing what he has called us to do. But if you're entertaining these negative thoughts, my friend, then you will lose time, which means you will lose your life and you'll lose your family. How many people through different uh, uh, seasons of depression have lost the connection between their kids, the connections in life? But I'm telling you, man, you, you got to know what the word of God says against everything that you dwell on mentally. Let's keep going. We talked about thinking is a choice. We talked about thinking is the rain and the sunlight that causes thoughts to grow. Now let's talk about thought patterns. Thoughts will try to tempt you to think on them. And in thinking on them, you start developing thought patterns, cycles of thoughts, cycles of thinking. That's why at night you'll be like, I can't go to sleep because I keep going through these, these cycles of thoughts. And they just keep going around and around and around and around and around and you can't sleep. The enemy loves that because you have developed a, a strand of pattern to the point to where now your mind, which is a muscle, which your mind, which is a motherboard, says, we think like this. And if that becomes your default setting of thinking, entertaining negative thoughts, then you will develop thought patterns. Let's look at the definition. Let's look at some points. Thought patterns, a habit of thinking in a particular way, using particular assumptions. That's a thought pattern. The word of God says that we as believers are supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. Depending on which way you walk will determine what type of assumptions you have. Those who walk by faith assume the best. <laughs> as a son of God, as a son, a child of God, I assume the best. I don't assume the worst because I walk by faith. It don't matter what my life looks like. It don't matter what I'm going through. I know my God is faithful, so I assume the best. That means a habit of thinking in a particular way, which means in order for you to have certain happenings, you got to create certain habits. Habits is separated into two words, ha and bits, or ha and bits. Happenings that and bits. Habits are little bits that you do every day that makes things happen. So if you think this way because your mama thought that way, your daddy thought that way, your mama, aunts, and them all thought that way, and so now you think that way, it don't matter if y'all grew up in the same environment. You supposed to be above the environment. So I don't have a victimized environment. I have a victor's mentality, a victor's mindset because I walk by faith. It don't matter what the pandemic I'm going through. It don't matter about social injustice and racism. I live above that. Because ain't no cop going to do nothing to me if I'm in the will of God. Ain't nobody. So why am I going to dwell on these thoughts over and over again, talking about that I'm that I'm that I'm uh, marginalized and I'm marginalized, that I'm um, uh, that, that uh, there's systematic race, systematic racism don't got nothing to do with the kingdom of God, period. Systematic racism don't have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Nothing. I am ambassador. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a stranger in this land. And I got clearances that every demon has to bow to. I have a badge. I have clearance that says I'm a child of God. So if I'm in the will of God and I'm operating the way he should, ain't not, no racism, no classism, no stereotypes, no nothing can stop me because I'm in the kingdom of God. But if you have these thought patterns of, oh, well, I'm black and I'm and I'm whatever and I'm and I, and, and there's white guilt and I, and I keep thinking this way or or is it or is bad things going to happen. I keep thinking about those cycles. You're walking by sight. I walk by faith. But if you walk by sight, you will be thinking in a particular way based upon what you see. And then you will have particular assumptions. You will assume bad things will happen. You will assume that this will happen to you, even when the facts say that there is a certain, certain amount of chance that you might, they might not even come your way. A thousand may fall on my left, 10,000 in my right hand, but it won't come near me. That's my default setting mentally. 
It don't mean I walk around stupid, but I know in whom I believe. And if I'm walking obedience and I'm walking in my will, it ain't going to happen to me. So thought patterns is what the enemy wants to get you to. That's the agenda of negative thoughts. The agenda of negative thoughts is for you to get it inside of your psyche, get into the soil of your life, and so that you can think on it. Well, mama went through, mama had this, mama had that, daddy had this, daddy had that. Uh, uh, I'm single, all my friends getting married. All your friends getting married, typically 80-something percent of your friends is getting married going to end up in divorce anyway. So we're envying people that we don't have the full understanding of. God looking at us like you envying them and they're going to be done in three years. So you're going to waste three years envying them and then they end up divorced. You're going to find somebody else to envy. But in your envy, in your enviness, you didn't have you, you, you was robbed of time of preparation that would have prepared you. That's why we got to change the way we think. So what I do, I think three moves ahead. What I do, I think about the the contents of the thought. I talk about, I think about the potential outcome and the agenda of this thought, so I can erase that thought out of my mind. Boom, boom, get it out of there, so that I don't I don't create a strand in my mind. I don't create a a way of thinking in my mind. I don't create a way of speaking in my mind. Because if you create a way of thinking, you'll create a way of speaking. If you create a way of speaking, you'll create a way of living. And if you create a way of living then you end up creating a certain level of consequences. So thought patterns are a habit of thinking in a particular way, using particular assumptions. Believers are always supposed to assume the best. My father, our heavenly father is a good father. Therefore, I assume the best. But if you don't know your father up here, then the devil's going to throw it just a yard up in the sky because he knows only you only know about six inches of God. But when you know the things, God, you know who you are. It don't matter what your circumstances say. It don't matter what you see. Just because it's true don't mean it's the truth. Just be, it may be true that you only got five dollars in your account. But the truth is, you will have access to the man, to the God who owns a cow on a thousand hills. It may be true that you live in a certain neighborhood, but he got vineyards and houses that you didn't build. It may, and that's the truth. You, it may be true what you're facing, but faith has you see beyond it. So we got to make sure we unravel these thought patterns so that we can think the way Christ wants us to think. Let's next point. Your thought patterns will determine what paths you follow. You have what you say. You have what you think. You know what I'm saying? So when you know that, you will say, I cannot think about this. I don't care how true it is. I don't care what it, but what does the truth say? What does the word of God say about this? Let's keep going preaching now the return how to stop making the return every thought has a specific return every thought that's why this a sower a sower sows knowing that when i sow this seed i'm guaranteed whatever's in it every thought has a specific return just like every seed has its own fruit so does every thought you have what you think i'm telling you so what you gotta do is get a sheet of paper and say, here are my thoughts. And ask yourself, do you want that in your life? And then you compare it to what Christ said you can have in your life. You got to do your homework. You got to dig deep, deep. You got to deep dive. You got to find out what the word of God says and understand it and embrace it. Let's keep going. Now, where am I at? Um, now, let's talk about how to stop negative thoughts. And for those who want this worksheet, I have I have a worksheet right now that's available on my website. Make sure I find it for you. 
uh, IamUnplugged.com. If you go to IamUnplugged.com, there's a worksheet there. I have a lot of uh, activity. I got activity here in this worksheet that's going to be able to help you really process your thoughts so that you'll know how to uh, overcome this. So go to IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheets. I thought I had that. I don't have it. Uh, I am I am unplugged.com forward slash worksheet, and you can be able to get this worksheet here. Let's keep going. Um, all right. How to stop negative thoughts and thinking. I know I went a lot of places. I hope the word of God, the spirit of God really gave wisdom and insight on how we can navigate this. Um, but let's get right into um S. Oh, I do got I do got notes. Hold on, give me one second. Make sure I have all my notes settled. Okay, here we go. Um, there we go. How to stop negative thoughts. Let's keep going. All right. Number one, S, how to stop negative thoughts, how to stop them, how to stop negative thoughts and stop negative thinking. You got to secure your gates and set the Holy Spirit over them. If you want to stop negative thinking, if you want to stop it, you got to secure your gates. You have two gates. You have your ear gate and you have your eye gate. You must secure them. How do you secure them? Holy Spirit, I'm setting you over them. Holy Spirit, I'm submitting my life to you. Holy Spirit, show me the things in my life that are negative influences that's causing me to think contrary to what you want me to think. You got to secure them. Security comes when you simplify your life. You must simplify. You got to say, hey, we don't watch this. We don't listen to this. I don't care. I'm a pilgrim. Pilgrims don't are not consumed in the foreign land. Pilgrims are ambassadors. They're passing through. They're doing whatever is assigned. They're doing whatever they got to do to get through here. But you got to secure your. What do you watch, man? What do you watch? What do you? What do you? Who do you listen to? Where do you go when you feel sad? Do you go to that song? Do you go to that show? Do you go to that specific person? Who do you go to? God is your source. And you must secure your gates and say, you know what? I I, I know I, I love this show. I love watching this. But the agenda of the seeds that's being cast through this show is causing me to think lustful. It's causing me to think greedy. There are certain songs I used to love listening to. Can't listen to them all because I found myself selfishly ambitious. I found myself being all about a go-getter, making it happen versus, versus just being content where I'm at and working unto the Lord peaceably. But you got to secure your gates and set. Holy Spirit, I'm setting you over this. If you don't want me to watch this, I'm not watching. We off that. If you don't want me to listen to this, I'm not listening to it. We off that. Holy Spirit, what do you have for me to do? I'm going to set you there so that when you simplify your life, sensitivity occurs. And when you become more sensitive to the Spirit of God, then you'll be willing to, to, to listen to him. Some of us, we're not willing to let some of these things go. They're candy to us. <laughs> we're, we're, we're addicted to it. These tentacles in this world system are designed to make us addicted. But if you keep letting those things in your ear and into your heart, man, you will produce selfish ambition. You will produce um, promiscuity. You will produce uh, um, um, lust and all these different things. Why do you think all of these things are at a higher weight, a, a rate? Because they know most people do not guard their minds. 
and their minds are con are controlled by control centers. Some some people are controlled mentally by the left. So many people, other people are controlled by the philosophers of the right. So many people are controlled by different de de denomination sects. They're, they're developed, they're conditioned by these type of influences, social media, YouTubers and rappers and musicians and actresses and actors and preachers and teachers. They're connected to all these different things, but not to God. You got to secure your gates and set the Holy Spirit over them. Next point. You got to stop all thoughts and search them. Got to stop and search. We have become lazy. We have become lazy as believers. We just let thoughts come and go because we have no understanding of spiritual disciplines. We don't know what it's like to actually fight against. We don't know what spiritual warfare is. So what we do is I'll let this thought consume my day. Oh, woe is me. Is God going to do this for me? Whatever. And we're distracted. You got to stop all thoughts. Okay. What is this thought? Someone give me a thought. Let's see. Let's see. If we got some, uh, Thoughts here. Let's let me pick one real quick. Um, someone post a new thought in the comment section. But you got to stop all thoughts and search them. If a negative thought comes in your mind, you got to grab a sheet of paper and write that thought down thoroughly, and say, "Okay, what is this thought? What what is the content of this thought? Does it line up with scripture? Depression. Let's start with depression. When depression keeps in your mind, you got to ask yourself, "What is the? De Why am I depressed?" Depression is the fruit. Depression is the fruit of a lack of dependency in God. That's what depression is. We have fallen into depression because we distance ourselves from God. So the enemy knows if I can print a thought in your mind to, to cause you to go away from God and have no need for him, then you leave God and you start going in, 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 in further uh, duration this way from God. And then you, and you're disappointed by what the world has to offer because the devil will only give you things that will ultimately inevitably disappoint you. And when you're disappointed, you fall into depression. Mental illness is just a reflection of a lack of trust in God. There's some clinical stuff, but that's because a lot of people take all these medicines. A lot of people, um, they don't, their digestion is bad. A lot of people's depression stems from their gut. And so they eat all this stuff. That's why I stopped eating certain things because when your gut is unhealthy, depression boils. And people are like, man, I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. It's because you have poor gut health. That could be a reason. And so what happens is you get signed up for depression when it could have been a simple fix of eating, changing your diet. You sign up for medication. Now the medication makes it even more worse because now you're getting all these extra symptoms and side effects from all these different things. And all of a sudden, now you even deeper because now you're giving a demon's clearance. You saying stuff like I'm depressed. I have schizophrenia. I'm bipolar. When you become identified with the problem, you become that problem. The enemy wants you to speak out of your mouth that I have diabetes. I have hypertension. I have it. You say you have it, but you're not willing to reverse the habits to make sure you don't have it. And like you eat and you eventually repeat it. You have what you say. People over here walking around, I got hypertension, that's my hypertension, that's my diabetes. What? You don't understand the satanic spiritual implications of you giving those demons clearance to make sure that diabetic, it could be that you have a spirit of infirmity. You got a spirit of infirmity, you got a demonic disease that was placed in you by the devil and you over giving clearance and that demon is up hiding up under your words, letting that disease destroy you when all you could have done was get delivered or change your habits. You got to stop them and search them. What will happen if I think on this? What will happen if I continue to think on this? I will be dead. My family will decay. Things will happen. We got to be aggressive when it comes to our thoughts. No, this is my mind. 
And I'm going to think only what the word of God says I should think on. And the Bible says right here in the Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things of this earth. Depression is in this earth. Mental illness is on this earth. Lust, pride, all this stuff is on this earth. He says, think on things that are above. You got a purpose. He says, set. That means you got to set your mind on things that are above. So it is your responsibility. I see what you're saying. You said, what if your parents keep placing word curse on you? You made your parents more valuable than God. I don't care what your mama say. I don't care what your daddy say. What did God say about you? We give words power when we think on them. That's the okie doke. That's the okie doke. The devil says their words have no power until you give it power. And you give it power by thinking on them. And when you think on them, then you start believing them. They can speak. People can say whatever they say about me. It's like water on a duck's back. That thing's gone because I refuse to entertain that because for years I did. I'm not preaching this because I'm educated on this matter. I experienced this. I used to think that I was inadequate all the time. I thought inferior for a while. See what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is that I don't care what your mama say. What does God say? God's word will always be, will be paramount to anyone else's. But his word, even though it is the, the most high, even though it's the best word, if you choose to think contrary to it, then that per that thing you think on begins to have power. But you have to stop all thoughts and search them. You have to say, okay, I refuse to think about this going forward. I'm going to stop this. The first S I should have put, and I didn't put on here, is submit your life to God. I'm submitting my life. I'm submitting my mind to you. My mind belongs to God, Satan. Josh, your mind belongs to God. We will not think on this because when I submit my life to the spirit of God, then I'm able to allow the spirit of God secure my ear gates and eye gates. He's a gentleman, man. He ain't going to, he ain't going to force you to do it. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to give you the way, but you have to first say, I'm going to submit my way of thinking to God. I'm going to submit my way of thinking to him. I, from this day forward, I'm going to choose think. Now it's going to be, it's going to be a journey. Because we spent many years thinking this way, but these points will help you uh, um, as a practice to, to reverse engineer those thoughts. But you got to stop all thoughts and search them. Search them. Who sent this? Why did they sent this? What will happen if I think on this? I got to stop all thoughts and search them. Next point. Next S. Uh oh, let me know if y'all learning something. Separate yourself from negativity. Got Yes, you submit. You got to submit. You got to let the Holy Spirit um, secure. Then you got to, what's the next S? Then you got to um, stop all, you got to search, uh, search and frisk, I mean, search, uh, stop and search them. And you got to separate yourself. You got to cut people off, man. You are the sum total of the people you surround yourself with, my friend. You got to, you got to separate yourself from negativity. You, most, most of our thinking is passed down thinking. Yes, I do. I do uh, kind of Lego. I do have a worksheet for this. Go to IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheet. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. I forgot to put the forward slash, put forward slash worksheet. And you'll see it. And you can download If you're watching this weeks or days later, just type in how to stop negative thinking in the search box on my uh, chat, on my website, and you'll find the video. Those who's watching on YouTube right now, the link is in the comment section below. So make sure you get that. Um, Great question, uh, Vals. I'm going to put you up there because I'm going to get to that question. Uh, but you got to separate yourself from negativity. You got to say, yo, man, y'all want to think negative. Y'all want to talk negative. I got to leave y'all. 
because I made a decision to think positive. And people are going to try to throw seeds in your mind all the time. Uh, 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 when, you, when you start separating yourself from negative thinkers, they're going to try to throw more negativity at you. That's why you got to have it. You got to say, no, I don't think that way. Let's keep going. You're welcome. You're welcome. Next point. T, you got to create new thinking patterns, my friends. You got to create new thinking patterns. New thinking patterns is, okay, if depression has been a dominant thought, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see if someone else got some other uh, questions. Um, worthlessness, worthlessness. So how to reverse the thoughts of worthlessness that I am worthy. Let's look up scriptures on worth. Let's look it up. Let's get, let's get, let's get to it. Scriptures on worth. Worthiness. There we go. Let's see what the word of God says. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna post it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna learn today. Let me let me get this off the screen real quick and post the post the scriptures. I want anytime you have questions about scriptures, go to openbible.info. That's what I do. I go to openbible.info and then you see see there. I oh that's someone's liver. All right, worthiness, right? And then all of a sudden you get to the scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And um, Luke 12, 6 through 7, and not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered? Fear not, you are of more valuable than those sparrows. So you heard about that in Matthew chapter 6, where it talks about... Um, uh, worry and people talking about um, um, worrying about they're going to be provided for. So you have to understand the reverse worthy and say, I am worthy of God. I am a son and daughter of God. I, 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 he has um, given me uh, many blessings that he's given me his favor, that I'm chosen. You got to reverse it. No, no thought worthiness. I am worthy to God because of Christ's imputed righteousness. I am made worthy before God. And if I wasn't worthy, why would he come down for me? That's how you reverse engineer that. Right? Let's keep going. Let's find my other one. Uh, here we go. All right. Create new thinking patterns. You got to say, you know what? I'm going to reverse engineer these thoughts by writing my negative thought down, writing the word of God that, con that is contradictory to that thought. And then I'm going to turn that scripture into my own phrases where I begin to speak that word over my life and train my brain to walk by faith and not by sight, to train my brain, to think on the things of God, to train my brain. The Bible says he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So when you're dealing with fear, you said, no, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, fear <laughs> spirit of fear, spirit of fear. He gave me a power, love, and a sound mind. He gave me power. And because of his love, I can have a sound mind. The Holy Spirit empowers me to not think like that. So you got to create new thinking patterns and you got to respect the powers of thoughts. We talked about that. You got to respect the powers of thoughts. Thoughts have power, man, and you cannot give them power. You got to say, you know what? In order for me to stop negative thinking, I got to respect thoughts. Because when you respect thoughts, you'll say, okay, I just can't let this swim in my mind. So if you allow lustful thoughts swim in your mind, you're going to end up in somebody's bedroom. You don't want just gets into a bedroom without it first being registered here. Nobody gets into depression until it's registered here. You don't just walk into nobody's bedroom clear as day, clear mind. And no, it began to weeks in advance. You got to understand demons work weeks in advance. They work weeks in advance. That's what they do. They look at you. Demons observe you. 
They look at your faithfulness towards God. They look at your, you have to understand that we as, as uh, uh, beings don't understand what we exude energy wise. They know when, they know what joy looks like on a person. They know what confusion looks like on a person. They know what doubt looks like on a person. They know what offense looks like on a person. So what your demon that's assigned to you does, he says, okay, uh, who are the top five people that their hearts are connected to? That's what they do. Who and what are the, the top things that are connected to them? So I'm going to use those five people, five things to try to get an entryway. So what I do is, oh, mama's words really do matter to her. So I'm going to get her mom to be ruffled in her emotions because she's going to go by her mama's house this Friday. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to call the demon that's over her mom and be like, yo, make the mom wrestle because, you know, mom don't got no, got no restraint over her words. So then what happens is mama's been worked on by a demon and you're being worked on by a demon so that when that person who has weight in your life and y'all collide, that person says something in your mind, then that seed has been planted because you made that person more to you than they should. Any person or anything you make more to you than God will be used against you, period. So what they do is they observe you uh, when it comes to lust. They observe it. They're going to be like, okay, how, how, how fervent is he in his word? How fervent is he in walking with God? How fervent is he? How faithful has he been? Uh, is, uh, uh, let's, let's see what I can, uh, okay, I'm going to get him to watch the game. I'm going to make him watch this and here comes this commercial. You don't think that they're not smart enough to make certain ads come on your YouTube? Or let me see, let me get this girl let me get his explore page a certain kind of way. Let me let me try to just get a C. Let me make he ain't seen no thighs in a while. So let's make sure he know he a leg man. See, a demons know what kind of what kind of man you are, know what kind of woman you like by the chicken you eat. Okay. So the demons by he, he he likes legs and thighs. That's what he likes dark meat. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to flood his explore page full of full of uh dark meat. Or if he's a white meat man, I'm gonna flood his page full of white meat. And all of a sudden I'm gonna get that one triggering to start. And then all of a sudden, now you triggered. And now if you don't have no formula, if you don't have no strong suit, if you don't say, hey, we off that, or you already got the app off your phone, and you already got systems and measures in place to ensure that you don't fall for that, then all of a sudden your mind start thinking, and then stuff start rising, that all of a sudden you start going to certain pages, you go to certain pages, you might not go that night, but then you didn't do nothing with that, and then start, you start entertaining that, and then they're going to be like, we're going to get him set up into, into falling into this sin, and then if we get him to fall in this in a couple of weeks, I can bring his girlfriend back home from her trip <clears throat> and then he's all lustful he's going to try to get her to fall into a compromised position to satisfy that lust this stuff works days and weeks in advance that's why you don't count it strange like man i haven't been in my word in a while they, that's why they the, one of their biggest things is they love to make you busy when you really in the river with god you lose sight you live you lose track of time you lose track of stuff but they know, let's fill his plate, her plate full of activity, a lot of projects. Let's make her busy. Let's make him busy. Make him have no time to get his word so his spirit man won't be fed, so his soul won't be cleansed, so that he won't be sharpened and shaped and depend on the word of God. And then over time, your senses are weakened, and then boom, stuff starts coming in your ear gates and eye gates, and then you fall for the traps. See what I'm saying? So you got to know, you cannot, the Bible says, do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. They start days and weeks ahead because they know, they know all I got to do is make you busy. All I got to do is make sure where do I have a breach in his life? Oh, he don't got no guard over Instagram. Oh, he don't got no guard with that woman at his job. Oh, he don't got no guard against that. I'm going to use that. Oh, she don't got no guard against what mama all what mama says. So every time mama say something, I can always use mama against them. If you want to keep your demons on them toes, know 
what you know you, the type of temptation are tailored to you know your your triggering points and fortify those things with the word of god so that they really can't do nothing that's what they did in the wilderness jesus the, de the devil tried three times and the bible says that he left for a season he left some chance said for a more appointed time he didn't just because he stopped just because jesus got it one time the devil is demons are very persistent because we're creatures of habit all he has to do is create a new habit in us and then that new habit will open them for uh, more entries and stuff like that. Um, and so that's what we have to understand. It says that he left Jesus for a season. He tried to come through Peter. He tried to come through the Pharisees. He tried to come through many different angles. He came, he came through the Romans that killed him. And so they don't just stop. Therefore, you got to always watch and pray lest you too fall into temptation, my friend. Let's keep going. We got to create a new thinking patterns, and respect the power of thoughts. Let's keep going. Hope y'all learning something, man. Oh, open up more to God, man. In order to stop negative things, you got to vent. You got to let it out and talk it over. That's why I tell people, man, when I life coach them, I say, hey, man, what you, you need to vent. Write it down. People are like, well, I don't got nobody to do. I don't got nobody to talk to. You got paper and pen, don't you? Talk to yourself. Write it out. Write out of yourself. Write invent towards god go for a drive like i used to do. i used to go on drive and just be just go crazy talking to god god i want to slap him in the face god i want to punch him in the throat god i i just want i remember one time i was riding on 485 and i was tempted strongly to flip my mom's car over because i was like i'm tired of living because ministry became my idol and when ministry wasn't producing what i wanted to produce I got mad at God and I started hating myself because anytime you put your value in something, when that thing doesn't give you the return that you expected to give you, then all of a sudden you start falling into depression and you want to give up. It's when I was 24, 25 years old. And I was like, man, I'm out of here. And God was like, bro, over that? You you, you don't flip your car over that? But then I started venting. I started, I pulled the car when I got over 45. I pulled the car over there by, by uh, Ray Road and I started crying, man. I started crying. I was like, God, man, this was 10 years ago when I used to live on this side. I just started crying. But I got it out. And I began to learn the beauty of venting. How to stop making thoughts? Vent about the reason why you entertain those thoughts. Most of us, the only, the only reason why we entertain these negative thoughts is because of something that we haven't dealt with. Whatever you do not address now will undress you later. And what I'm saying is, you got to deal with that root issue. Why are you thinking the way you're thinking? Open up to God. God, I hate my father. I hate my mom. I hate this. I hate that. And then the Holy Spirit is going to always bring you to the, to the place of forgiveness. Forgive them so that you can be free. Forgiveness ain't got nothing to do with them. People are like, I don't want to forgive. I don't want them to be free. No, you imprisoning your own self. Forgiveness gives you the opportunity to become free. So how do you get rid of that negative thought about your mom? Forgive your mom. How do you get that negative thought about yourself because of what your mom said about you? You forgive her. If your dad, your auntie, or whoever, social media comments, whoever, you get over it. And you get over it by getting into the word. Open up to God. I'm like, God, why am I going through that? God said, you just being pruned. It, it, it is not, it's, it is, don't let something that was supposed, supposed to be a temporary trial be the whole duration of your life. You got to open up and say, God, man, I need to deal with this. God, help me. Open up to it. Let it out and talk it over. Vent. Process. Because our negative thinking is a result of a negative situation that we didn't deal with. 
You got to forgive mom, forgive pops. You got to forgive yourself. You got to let that ex go. You got to move on because there's purpose. You, you think God ain't going to bless you because you made a mistake? Man, you're crazy. You got to know what the word of God says about these things, man. Next O, you got to order your life. How to stop making a thing? You got to organize your life, order your life. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Uh, um, um, uh, so what you got to do is got to order your life. How to stop negative thinking. You got to say, I'm going to put my life in order, which means you got to be purpose minded, which means you got to say, OK, I'm going to make sure I um, at, um, hold my time accountable, hold my life accountable, hold my mind accountable. Order your life, man. Clear your life out. Order your mind so that you can put your mind to use. Man, I remember, man, I was like, man, I'm wasting all this time. I remember I remember I wrote on a sheet of paper. I said, how many how many minutes you spend thinking about this situation? And it was funny. It was maybe three years ago. And I was like, I spent literally that day, two and a half hours thinking about something. And God was like, can you control that situation? I said, no. So you wasted two and a half hours that could have been used to finishing your book three years ago, Josh. You, you mean to tell me you used two and a half hours on someone that walked away from you? You mean to tell me you spent two and a half hours thinking about that situation? Two and a half hours thinking about whatever, four or five hours, 10 hours, how many hours you spent? You thinking about all of that, wasting your time? And you're robbed from using your mind for productive purposes. Man, there's too much gold up here. The Holy Spirit got little gold nuggets. And I said, man, download in my mind things. I don't got time to think negative when I got positive outcomes. I got too many books in here to be thinking about something negative. I got too many ideas to be thinking about something negative. I got to be there for, I got to use this brain power for my wife, for my family. I can't waste my time thinking negative. I got to order my life. And as you order your life, God first, you second, family third, career, purpose, ministry after that. When you order your life and put God in the midst of everything, you don't got time to think negative. I got nieces to be in their lives for so no man won't do nothing crazy. I got a nephew to be there for to make sure his mind don't go into any type of dysfunction. I got a wife to make sure I think after and, and be invested in mentally. You don't got time to think this when your life has been in order. Focus it. Focus your mind. I will think on this because this is what comes when I think about this. Let's keep going. P, you got to surround yourself with positivity and purpose. Surround it. Surround yourself with positivity and purpose. Let your heart be consist constantly filled with praise. That's how you do it, man. But you, it's going to take work. I know. I know. It's going to take work. 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 But the work is worth it. It's going to take work. But but it happened. It worked for me. So what you got to do is you got to you got to get a sheet of paper and you got to search that thought in and out. Respect the power of thoughts, knowing that thoughts will produce. If you think negatively, you will have negative outcomes. So you got to train yourself. Got some scriptures, I think. Uh, it says Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So the word of God gives you a blueprint. So when something crosses your mind, is this true? Is this honorable? Is this just? Is this pure? Is this lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellence? Is it worthy of praise? If not, I don't think about it. As scripture says, we talked about how to cast down vain imaginations. You gotta, you gotta order your life into obedience so that you can put to punish disobedience in your life so that you're able to destroy lofty opinions because you are aware of the word of God. And you know, the word of God, to such a degree, all you need is five scriptures, three to five scriptures. 
for every struggle that you're facing. So what you need to do is write down every struggle in your life. We'll struggle right now. I struggle with depression. Okay, you struggle with depression. I want you to go to openbible.info and type depression in that sentence and find five scriptures. I'm going to teach you how to do it right now. Go to Open Bible. Let's see. Openbible.info. Go to openbible.info and let's type in fear or, uh, yeah, fear. Let's type in fear. Let's see what five scriptures come up. It says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. First John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, devil, but perfect love has cast out my fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in God's love. I have been perfected by God's love. Therefore, I will not fear. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The fear of man lays his snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Oh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means just keep going. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do unto me? Do not be anxious by anything, but everything by presentation with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery. Fear is slavery. Negative thoughts is slavery. To fall back into fear? This scripture lets you know that it's possible to fall back in fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. See how easy that was? I know when you got a Bible, I don't know where to go. God Googled and grind and get to it. If you don't, if you go to God, God any help, God gonna see you to Google. Type in openbible.info, look it up, write, print those five scriptures off and keep, keep in it until you become it. Okay. But 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 it's possible, man. Let's see what other scriptures we got. Uh, Romans 5, 8, for those who live according to the flesh. Now, this is powerful. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. The reason why people are dying emotionally, mentally, and physically, they're setting their minds on death. But when you set your mind on the things of the spirit and purpose, you're vitalized. Coach is young looking. Look at coach. Coach, I lost all kind of weight. I gained, I was 310 pounds because of fear, because of insecurities. Now, coach done lost 60 pounds. Yeah, 55, 60 pounds. Skin looking clear, eating blueberries every day, drinking, drinking alkaline water, living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with these thoughts. Bruh, mm -mm. I set my mind purposefully on things of the spirit. And that's it. I got time for a couple of questions. Then I'm going to get some buckets. Let's see what we got here. Jesus, Lord, I've been there 23 years old. Wow, God's actually listening to you. Yeah, I mean, he cares, my friend. That's good. The enemy knows sometimes my guards are down when I'm asleep and will use the things I've been delivered from my dream. Let's, let's get right into it. I'm going to help you out right here. <clears throat> let's get back to it. Uh, let's see. Let's see what the word of God says about sleep.
Let's see here. Proverbs 3.21, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That's what I do every night when I pray, me and my wife. I'm like, you give us sweet sleep, God. Your word says that I have no need to be afraid. When I lie down, my sleep will be sweet. I don't care if you're in the middle of Chicago, north side, south side, wherever they shooting folks up. I don't care if you're on a bad side. Down. I don't care what uh, things lay for you at night. The word of God says you have peaceful sleep. Psalm 4a, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his to his beloved sleep. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. That's vain. I, that's vain because I'm going to put it in my hands. I'm going to go to bed late. That's what I used to do. Go to bed late. I got to make this book. I got to make it happen. Rise up or being anxious. So if I go to bed late, I wake up early and get four and a half hours of sleep, and I'm going to go out here and try to make this thing happen. Then I go out there and try to make it happen. And then all of a sudden I lose sleep. That means if I toil anxiously because I want this thing bad so badly that I'm actually not trusting God to do his part. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, that Proverbs 20:13 says, love not sleep, though, lest you come to poverty, open your eyes and you will be, have plenty of bread. So that's the balance. But see what the word of God does. You all you need is three, four of those scriptures, three, three of them and make them your own and spit it out. And you will have I, I, I always have sweet sleep, bro, unless I eat something that's got some gluten in it. <laughs> but either way, I still get your sleep. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sword of the spirit. R.I.P. that devil up. That's right, sugar mom. That's right. I got time for two questions. I got to go. Man, these, I'm trying to make these videos short, man. But when you put me beside some scriptures, bro, and I, man, I try. Oh, go to IamUnplugged.com. Get this worksheet. For those who's watching live right now, here's some books and resources that, that will help you. I got this book, uh, the Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties of Early Strongholds, a great book there. I got to upload my other book cover, uh, World War Me. Let me upload that real quick. Um, Man, do I got that book on here? Uh, I guess. <clears throat> All right. Uh, this book, Dating Prep, great resource there. Uh, the Purpose of Singleness, good book there. I wrote two other books. I think this will work. That just blocks me in the face. World War Me, uh, Winning the War Within, a spiritual warfare book there. Great book there. Um, you can get all those books, resources at IamUnplugged.com. Uh, what else I got? I think that's it. Books, card games. I got card games. I got to put more uh, graphics up here. I will. I will soon. Okay. Let's see what we got. All right. I need help knowing my purpose in life. I'm 29 with one child, four years old. A few months ago, I separated from her father because it was toxic. And I still have attacks with things from the past hurt. Let me see if you got anything else, butterfly girl. Well, I'm going to tell you this. One thing that I learned growing up watching my mom and what she allowed me to see through her relationship with God is that God can fill all voids. Right? God right now is simultaneously, if allowed, but even if not allowed, is simultaneously holding up your vacancy, my vacancies, all everybody else's vacancies, right? And he's that all encompassing. And he's able to say, even though you don't have a father in your home, he filled that void. As soon as he left, whoop, you ain't skipped a step. 
Most people think, oh man, I don't have a man in the home. Oh, me and my baby's father, me and my baby mother, we ain't got it right. And I, I got this baby girl, I got this baby boy. And I'm, God says, whoop, I'm here, boom, full. I felt that whole position to the brim, actually better than what that person could have done. So you got to change the way you think and say, you know what? I do have purpose. Right now, you have two purposes guaranteed right now. The first purpose is to live for God. Live for God. His, the Bible says the will of God is your sanctification. The will of God is your salvation. So you, that's one purpose is to live serving God. That's purpose number one. Purpose number two is your four-year-old daughter. That's purpose number two. To be an example, to reveal God to her, to, um, um, uh, 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 what's the scripture? Um, Raise them up according to the things of God. Something like that, right? Those two purposes right there. And in that, you will begin to find discovery. Just because you had a child, just because things didn't happen, doesn't mean you're not a seed yourself. It don't matter what you're going through. That purpose is still inside of you. Those books, those songs, those business ideas are still in you, my friend. But you you do that by flooding into your two purposes. Number one, you got to realize that God has already filled that void. Do not be walking around doomed and gloomed and like, how am I going to pay this? And how am I going to do that? This man crazy. God says, I got you. Trust me. I got you. I don't care if he's left. I don't care what. God filled that position up. As soon as that man walked out, whoop. God said, what's up? We got Let's keep going. That's how God does. That's how God rocks, man. And so don't worry about your past. You got to you got to let that go, man. You got to find the facts behind those feelings. And it starts by getting into the word to find out what the word of God says about you. And most people think, well, Josh, how could God use me? Do you have you seen the lineage of people in the Bible that God used? People killing people's husbands and sleeping with this person and lying about that. And one was a prostitute. A woman had five husbands, quote unquote, and saved the whole town. And you know what I'm saying? So God can God can still use you. You just got to change the way you think about your situation, man. You're still young. You still got youth. Your baby girl needs for you to be well. Your baby girl, your child needs for you to be whole. Your child needs for you to have the joy of the Lord so that you can be her strength. Like I grew up in a single parent home. I turned out there's a lot of kids. Some home, some single parent homes are better than two parent homes. There's a lot of sing, my single parent. My upbringing was a better than a lot of people I went to school with. I can look at their life right now and see that my upbringing was better than theirs. And they had mom and dad in the home. Just because you have both don't mean you have the best. Because a woman who don't have a husband, but got the fear of the Lord and Lord allowed, and God allowed to be God in her life, man, bro, good money, straight. Got supernatural strength to do things. It is the spirit of God that's going to give you supernatural strength to fulfill your purpose and raise your child. That's how it he does. You got to believe it, my friend. Will you be forgiven for blasphemy thoughts? Yeah, man. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the continuous rejection of the Holy Spirit's work. There's been there was a scam out there that was making people say that phrase, I blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And now that mess up a lot of people. They think they're going to hell. Nah, man, God can forgive that. Blast true blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the continuous blasphemy of the spirit by which you completely continuously resist him um, being in your life. Blasphemy thoughts are just the devil's planting no city in mind for you to live a blasphemous life. And you got to reverse those. How do you know you have idolized something more than God when it consumes your time and your energy and it ain't the word and God comes second to it? You know, you idolize something when you find value in it. Idol, idol, idolatry, uh, the fruit of idolatry is really prevalent when it doesn't come when you think it should. <clears throat> so I knew I idolized ministry when my health was like this. So my ministry was up. I was up. If I got up on that stage and there's a hundred people there, oh, I'm 
ready to go. If I go out there, there was three people there. Now, it don't matter who's there. Boom. <laughs> I'm an audience of one type of preacher. If, if I know God is doing this, that's good, boy. Then y'all going to get what y'all need. So you know when you idolize something, when that thing has you like this. Oh, when he comes around, you excited. But when he's gone, you get you get hurt. Idolatry, you know that you idolize something when it's gone, when you're out of the count. You're out of the count for like 10 weeks. <laughs> That's a sign of idolatry. So it's okay to be sad, like you, but depression is the fruit of idolatry. Anxiety is the fruit of idolatry. Worry is the fruit of idolatry. Uh, selfish carnal ambition is the fruit of idolatry. When, when you are at extreme emotions consistently and that thing makes you get to those extreme emotions, that's an idol. But when you're able, now, if you take a dip, it's because that's life. You're human. Boom. But you back. Boom. But I'm back. But if you go boom or you go skew, then that's an idol. See what I'm saying? But you know that it was just something that you cared about when you're like, but I, it may, you may be out of the count for two or three days. And if you lose someone that's family, you're going to grieve for some time. So we're not sitting there saying that's signs of idolatry. But when you don't have a bounce back, then that thing was too much, <clears throat> had too much worth in your life. So you got to ask yourself, do I love this thing more than God? Honestly, how much time do I spend with this thing than I do God? And I'm not talking about, because we're not talking, we're not trying to nitpick times and minutes. What I'm saying is you got to say, okay, what makes my heart smile the most? If this girl makes your heart smile the most, if this guy makes your heart smile the most, if this thing makes you feel like you feel full, you feel like you worth something now because this person said this or did this for you, that's idolatry. A person can talk crazy right now and it's going to affect me. Now, you might get these hands on a bad day. If you come see me by Friday, you might, you might get, you might, you might get jackal as you know, you know, hide as whatever the name was. <clears throat> but I got a quick bounce back. Oh man, my bounce back was, was not a good bounce back back in the day. Um, but like, I ain't budged by nothing. Like, I don't got a million subscribers. Do I care? No. My value, I've been there with my values and memories where every day I'm on my analytics like this. Oh, man. Three people unsubscribed. Oh, man. I suck. Three people. No, now I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm subscribed. I'm good. Guys got me. So that's how you know you idolize something, my friend. I love the long vids, coach. Thank you for your time. You're welcome, man, because listen, we got we to understand sound doctrine. We got to understand it, man. And so that's why people be saying, man, you jeopardizing your channel because you got long videos. Hey, man, this this net will catch the fish that wants to be um, <laughs> bad analogy. But but this will catch the people that wants to grow. I'm not here for people that wants to cute, cuddly preachers in skinny jeans and V-necks and Jordans. Coach don't own a pair of Jordans. You know? Coach, 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 I mean, who cares? It's, it's just fabric. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't, do you want the word of God or you don't? Salute me. About almost call you Descalonica. Delicia, I'm sorry. Hey, coach, what is the difference between your purpose and your career? Are they linked? Great question. Um, And that one person I told him I was going to answer that question, please post your question back. I'm so sorry. I forgot your question that quick. Your career can be within your purpose. Um. I wouldn't get so caught up in the terminologies because your career can be your purpose, but you could tell it's different when you know the root reason why you're doing that career is because uh, your parents pressured you to it. Um, you thought it makes more money. If the reason why you picked that career is because it makes more money, because your your parents made you feel whatever about it, you did it or or whatever, then that's that's 
not your purpose typically, or it could be a purpose, but in the wrong field. See, purpose is a big field. Like you could being called to people is such a broad term. Called to people, how? There's multiple types of people. There's short people. There's tall people. There's black people. There's white people. There's Asian people. There's there's women people. There's men people. There's kid people. So so you may be a nurse. I was life coach. Someone they was like, I'm a nurse. But I don't feel like nursing is what I'm supposed to do. I said he so he was like, is nursing my field? I said, let's look at the foundation of what nurse nurse do. They serve people. Now you might have picked nursing because you're like, I have a heart to serve people, but this career makes the most money. You know it's your purpose when you have the grace for it. I know this is my purpose because I can't quit. You know how many times I wanted to quit? A bunch of times. But I always found myself right back in front of the screen. You know what I'm saying? So you know it's your purpose. We got a supernatural grace for it. Now, if you're in a field, now there's a difference between um, a lack of discipline and I'm a disciplined person, but I still don't like this. There's a difference. There's certain people that's in career fields and you're like, man, I just don't feel it's too much. Then maybe you got to modify it, you know, um, and got to open the door where you'll find a career within the same theme. Theme is helping women. You open the door, you have a career in that way. But if your career is, you chose your career because of money, you chose your career because of uh, opportunity, you chose your career because of who you want to get to know and prestige, you chose your career outside of everything but what God has called you to, then it's not for you. So if your career lines up with your calling, then there ain't no wrong with that. But you'll know for a fact if you allow your life to be submitted to Christ, then you'll know. But your purpose is what you're here to do. You can do it in your sleep. You could you you'll want to do it if money wasn't a thing. You're just naturally good at it. Like I'm a good I'm a good coach, man. Like I'm I can give advice. I can answer questions in my sleep. And so life coach found me. You know what I'm saying? Um, preaching found me because it was it was it was in me. There we go. Raise up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart. That's right. That's the verse I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome, fam. You're so welcome. Uh, where am I at? How do you feel about the forgotten books of the Bible and do you believe it? I don't know too much about those, man. That's an area that um, I haven't I haven't I haven't went down. So I get those questions sometime. And like I say, man, if I don't know it, I ain't going to I ain't going to show it. If I don't know it, I ain't going to act like I know it. So I don't know too much about the forgetting book, forgotten books of the Bible, like Enoch, so like that. I just know I know this. I know the 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 purposes of the canon being canonized, but as far as forgotten books, I don't know too much. I don't I don't know enough to give advice on. Great question though, but I don't know enough, my friend. Uh, Coach, what if your job wants you to take an oath not to whistleblow and you do it because things seem because things seem that it's not of God? What I would do, Aries. Uh, for God, for God, I live. For God, I for God, I live. For God, I die. For um, for me, <clears throat> like I told my wife, I told my wife, me and my wife in full agreement. If they start talking about it, because I work for a government job, if they start saying there's mandatory vaccinations and you can't come to work until you vaccinated, I quit on the spot. That's how much I trust God. If they, that means my time is up. That's how it happened in my other job. The time, it wasn't about no vaccines, but the time was up. If they start making things mandatory and, and they're like, hey, you can't work here unless you get vaccination, then I, I'm out. So if, a, if an employer makes you want to do anything against God, first you are committed to God first. If anyone or anything makes you do anything against God, you stand and say, hey, I, I don't do that. I can't do that. And if they fire you, good. 
Maybe God used that to get you up out of a place that you would have stayed in if you had never been faced with that. So what I would do, I would repent from that decision and learn from that decision and say, you know what? Here going forward, I'm going to trust God with this. And all believers hear me right now. Persecution is coming to America and, and, and it's coming quickly and it's going to hit your pockets first. They're going to try to come against things that you are uh, committed to. And we're going to really see who follows Christ, and who believes in them. So am I prepared for the decision? You best believe it. Will God supply all my needs according to rich glory? Yeah, because I stand for him. You, you will never lose standing for God. Even if you lose a job, you gain that much more. So I, I, I wouldn't even, I'll just, you know, follow God, my friend. These views are helping me. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. God gets the glory. She said, how do you not get upset when you're expecting an immediate response from God, but he doesn't respond? How do you handle it? Great question. Oftentimes, we're not ready to handle God's answer because of the idolatry he's still printing. See, God does things in decent and order. He does things first that needs to be done first. And what I mean by that is, if he knows who your husband is, he knows what your wife is, and he knows, he knows your temperament will determine if you're ready to hear what he wants to give you. So oftentimes, God don't respond because God's integrity makes sure he don't respond. See, God's love is protected by his character. God, do God wants you to have all the things He wants you to have. He 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 wants you to be. He, he He loves for His children to prosper, but His integrity steps in front of His love and say, "Come on, come on, Geo." Integrity be like, "I know you love, but you see, we know we know what's up. She's impulsive. She's in. She's impatient. If we give this to her now, it will damage her. So you got to always know that God is good." He knows what's best. He knows when the best time to give it to you. You got to trust him. Um, so the thing about God's immediate response, his immediate response is always peace. He says, and the peace of God which surpass all understanding. You, you may not be guaranteed the person. You may not be guaranteed the product, but you guaranteed his peace. But for most of us, his peace is not enough because we love the product more than we love him. And when you love him, you be like, thanks. You look out. Like when my niece be like, I know they'd be disappointed when I'd be like, uh, well, we can't get that right now. But they know they uncle going to come through. They know they know that, oh, he don't he's not doing it right now. But my uncle and I got a good relationship to the point to where I know I know he got me. My nephew be like, man, uh, can I get some V bucks? Can I get this? I'm like, man, you know, you know, this is this is a boom. boom. I call them the boom, boom bills. You know, the mill bills like boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm surprised. Boom, boom, boom. You know, the big bills are in the top of the month. So, boom, you like, all right, we good. We took that. You took that. Bill took, took it. You know what I'm saying? It's them little ones. Boom, 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 boom. They come in the middle of the month. And he be trying to ask for stuff. I'm like, bro, I got you next week. Wait till that big boom, boom happen. Wait till that YouTube boom, boom happen. Let's wait till that book boom, boom happen. But you know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is his peace, man. Relationship will let you know. But, you know, I'm a chill. God's got me. So you handle it by saying, God, I trust you. You got you know how you also handle it? Look at yourself. Am I whole enough to handle that? Sometimes we look at God and get mad at God, but we never look at ourselves in the mirror. So what I do is, I, I, what I've made a habit over the years is look yourself in the mirror. Josh, are you ready for that? No, then trust God with it. Two more and I got to go, y'all. I got to go get some buckets, man. Thanks, coach. Really helpful. You're welcome. How do I stop wanting instant results from God and immediate response? Oh, like, all right, okay, that's the same question. Man, you just trust God, know that his timing is perfect. He knows what's best. And the best way to be in alignment with God when it comes to this is to realize, am I ready for this? And if it ain't here, 
then it's one of two things. It's not God's timing or I'm not prepared for it. So all you got to do, if you think you're prepared for it, trust God's timing because God's also, uh, uh, God is waiting for things to fall into their proper time that he's already predestined for the foundation of the world for you. And you just got to trust him. But you got to ask yourself, why, why do I want this so bad? And if you want things immediately, then typically there's idolatry in your heart. And you got to find a root reason. What am, I idol- what am I idolizing? I want this relationship right now. Why? If you if you answer the question honestly, you'll be you'll be like, man, I'm tripping. When you not not because oh no, when you look at yourself and be like, I want this because I want to compete with them. I want a relationship because I feel in, incomplete. I, if you really answer the question honestly, you will really see the goodness of God and why He withheld it from you. That's all I got. Holy Spirit, check me out. I'm done. I felt it clear as day. Love y'all. Books and resources on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Make sure you check it out. My niece got a t-shirt too. Check that out. Um, um, what else I got? That's it. I got to go. Uh, and I think that's it. Love y'all. Uh, peace. <laughs>